Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans. Straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys. And uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD. And so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? This is the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Pelicans and Saints fans. Greetings from Sacramento, California. I'm Sean Kelly. Glad to have you alongside as we uh, get set for Game 2 of this West Coast road trip for the Pels as they take on the Kings tonight at Sleep Train Arena. We will talk a lot of basketball here today and uh, get you up to speed on what happened last night late. Perhaps you had already gone to bed in a ball game at Portland and what's to come tonight in a tough game at Sacramento here where it is in the 60s and sunshine and it's not often that when I'm on the road um, I win weather-wise but it sounds like I win today with regard to things back in the Gulf South. We'll take it. It'll be the only day on this road trip that the Pelicans see above 40 degrees and so so that's worth noting at least uh, for this guy. Uh, at least for the basketball team they'll note last night's loss unfortunately at Portland 102-96 was the final score. The Pelicans were up by 16 in the third on the road, as many as 15 early in the fourth, but a get-out scored 34-16 to in the final frame and fall to 5-4 and four on the season, dropping game one of this four-game trip. We're going to find out why here shortly with Victor Howell. He's uh, serving as the uh, color man on the radio broadcast for these first two games of the Pelicans' road trip. He'll give us some insight as to why things collapsed last night on the road, and we'll look forward to the Kings tonight and then a little bit later on the uh, television voice of the Sacramento Kings returns to our program today that's Grant Napier and he'll uh, get us up to speed on the six and four Kings and all things NBA out here in the capital city of California so good show today uh, unfortunately we're talking about a Pelicans loss but I think there are some encouraging things uh, about what we've seen so far in the season and then again last night even in a loss to the uh, Portland Trailblazers the Saints are quiet today Again, they don't play until Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens, so we'll jump back into football on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. All right, so back to last night for a moment. Let's get you a highlight pack of what happened last night, late, 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 up in the Northwest. Lopez a little off the paint, faces the goal against the Jensen. Makes some dribble uphill, turns, flat left hook, no good. Rebound popped out to the keyword. Evans tracks it down. Up the floor, lob to the rim, alley-oop, flushed by Davis right over the back of Lopez. 
Tied at 20, here's Steve Blake. Right hand bounce behind the back pass to Kamen. Catch and shoot, elbow right's good. And the Blazers have grabbed the lead back, 22 to 20 with 30 seconds to go in the period. 4.50 left in the first half. High middle pick and roll with Davis and Holiday. Holiday keeps, goes to the rim, lays it up and in. 9.26 to go in the third. Off the high middle pick by Davis. Evans drive and kick. Gordon off the catch. Three ball. Corner right's good. Eric Gordon has 11. Four of six shooting. And a timeout called by the Blazers. Holiday kicks it sideline left. Evans bounce pass to Davis. Block left against Kamen. Turns to face the lane. Shoulder pick into the paint. Turns right hook good. 19 for Anthony Davis. Three blocks, six rebounds, and a couple steals. Out it goes to Blake. Around a wing screen by Lopez. Takes it all the way to the baseline. Goes out to Aldrich. Foul line extended jumper's good. And the Blazers are cooking now. They cut it to five in the fourth. Here's Lillard firing for three off the screen. No good straight away. Rebound tipped and won by Lopez. Over to Matthews. Wing right, please down. We're tied at 91. A 16-point third quarter lead is now a memory. 2.44 to play. Blake on the dribble, timeline right side. Popping out to get it, front court right is Lillard. Drives to the top of the arc, over the top of the screen for three, and he got it. Damian Lillard, 22 points. That's his second three of the game. He's broken your heart before here. And he lifts the Blazers up by three with a minute five to play. And again, the final score was Portland 102, Pelicans 93 is the final score. Here's head coach Monty Williams following the loss. Let's just start with your thoughts, coach, initially here after the game. Yeah, a tough loss. Um, you know, we had the game under control, and our fourth quarter execution was about as bad as uh, it's been all year long. Um, our shot selection in the fourth quarter, and the execution in the fourth quarter led to uh, them being in transition. That's why they scored 34 points, and we scored 13. Um, it wasn't about missing shots. I just didn't think we had um, the next level stuff we talk about all the time. For us to be a good team, we got to know when the moment arrives, we got to be a better executing team when it counts. Coach, I'm, I'm just, I guess, somewhat speechless after watching it yeah. go so well and then just completely disappear. Well, you know, on the road, it's tougher to control. Uh, the momentum swung a bit. I thought we started trading baskets a little bit in the third quarter, and then it went the other way in the fourth when we didn't execute as well. Uh, and, and give them credit. They were physical on defense. Uh, they made plays, and they, they moved the ball. Uh, we didn't. Uh, when Matthews got the ball, there was no question about passing the ball to him. Uh, in the fourth quarter for us, it became a one-on-one -on -one show and that you can't play like that on the road. Was there anything that you thought would work in turning it around the fourth, inducing something? We, we got to get execution. has to be a premium, but, I mean, you can draw up a tricky play. Uh, AD had it going a little bit. I didn't think we looked at him enough uh, to give him the ball when he had open shots. Ryan was open a few times. That stuff happens. So for us, we just have to be mentally tough enough to turn it around and get ready for tomorrow. It's a good growth moment for us. Would you put that fourth quarter more on your guys then or the Blazer defense? No, they, they did a good job defensively. Absolutely did. Uh, I don't want to take any credit away from them. They, they were tough at the rim. Uh, I thought we missed shots at the rim. Uh, we're looking for the referees to bail us out. 
Um, but a little bit of it was our execution. We just didn't have the same execution that we had in the second and the third when we were scoring pretty easily. We didn't have that. And the game went up a notch, and we didn't. Did they do anything differently in the fourth quarter? No, they, were, they had the same. Uh, I heard the same calls out there. Uh, and I got to look at the film. You know, but I, look, I, I, we, we look at our team. We don't make up any excuses about anything. It, it's all on us, and we didn't come through. All right, so back at it tonight, of course, at 9 Central. We'll hope for Omer Ashik uh, back to health. He missed last night's game due to a lower back problem. Hopefully he can go tonight. There apparently is some injury news uh, on the horizon here for the Kings, and Grant Napier will tell us all about that when we get to him shortly. Up next, though, here from our team hotel in Sacramento, Victor Howell joins us on the podcast. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Lotto is all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City, to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackey, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go Pelicans. We continue here on this Tuesday from the Team Hotel of the Pelicans here in Sacramento, California. It's the Grand Hyatt right across the street from the state capitol and uh, kind enough to find Victor Howell here in the lobby this morning. And he will help us again tonight on the broadcast as he did last night in Portland as the uh, second game of a back-to-back features the Pelicans and the Kings tonight at Sleep Train Arena. Tough start to the road trip last night. I, yeah, I'm still shaking my head a little bit, Vic, as to how the game wound up, you know, especially after what we saw from the Pelicans in the first three quarters. Yeah, they certainly went out and built momentum, but on the flight to Sacramento and then looking at some notes this morning, it, it's probably going to sting a little more than what you think, even though you mentioned it stings already. You got out to an 8 nothing deficit right off the bat, then they stormed back so strong, but then in the fourth quarter, hit the first three points of the fourth quarter, then got outscored 34-10 to 10 the rest of the way. Offense just disappeared, execution disappeared. And uh, that, that was disappointing. You, you pointed out, I think I was waiting to interview Coach post-game last night. You came down from the broadcast position and, and, and succinctly uh, put numbers into my face <laughs> as far as that fourth quarter went. I'm, I'm hoping you can remember some of those because they were almost, they almost make you take a step back. Well, a couple of big things. Four of 24 from the floor. You and I started talking about it mid-fourth quarter where there were a couple of possessions. I can think of three particularly when Holiday went on his own without a pass, two possessions. Next possession down, Tyreek Evans went by himself, no pass, driving to the basket. Pelicans had zero assists in the fourth quarter. So it takes it out of your offensive system, four of 24 from the floor. And then on the other side, here's a Portland team that's the best three-point shooting team, hit four of their seven threes 
in the fourth quarter. So as a, as a team, you hit 13 points. They hit 12 just on three-pointers. Their assist numbers were up. They were 10 of 11 from the line. You were pointing out all game long. I can remember mid-second quarter, early third, I can remember you going, uh-oh, this is a bad sign, missing some opportunities on free throws. Boy, I mean, the numbers just went south in the fourth quarter. It built up to it, uh, but, boy, that really came to a head in the fourth quarter. Boy, it just sounds like the Blazers were able to take the Pelicans out of what they do well, which was top four in the NBA in assists per game, and they got back to what – they did well, which is hit the three. And that quick reversal like that spelled the end. Yeah, and they, they started hitting some shots they weren't hitting. Austin Rivers told us after the game that, you know, it just seemed like some of the times the shots just weren't falling. But some of it was execution-wise, not spreading the ball around. Monty Williams said it after the postgame when he was talking to you that they got out of their rhythm, they got out of their game plan. And the other question is, you had 52 paint points for the game only four in the fourth quarter. Your bread and butter was Anthony Davis. He was doing it everywhere. He was in the paint. He was pulling his defenders out. He was driving past him with that quick first step. They didn't seem to get the ball back to him. He was so successful early on, he just never found him late in the game. Monty Williams last night said in the postgame interview he called it a great growth moment for his team. And when you break it down like that, and I'm sure when they have their team meeting here at the hotel this morning, those, those ought to be the topics of conversation. Well, and, and, and it is something that you can grow with because they're, they're going to be able to see we were doing this well. Look what we were doing at a place that's tough to win for everybody. To come down here, to execute, to be up by, what was it, 16, 18 at one point? He thought you could put it to bed. And I remember during a timeout you said, I've been here too many times. You can't give this team an opportunity. That's exactly what they did. All of a sudden, came and gets a tip in at the end of the third quarter, carries some momentum, and then they built it up. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they react tonight. And another team that I think you call them, what, it's a snake just laying and laying low in Sacramento. They've played well. Tough place to play. Mike Malone has them playing well. Game two of a back-to-back -back after a heartbreaking loss. This will be a growth moment. We'll see how they react. As far as perspective goes, we're less than 10 games in, which sure. is kind of hard when you're in the weeds, if you will, a little bit. Um, but yet, I feel more encouraged than I do discouraged just because of what we saw earlier in the game last night, what we saw at home last week. I don't know if you're planted in that same camp, but at least that's where I am today. Well, absolutely, because remember last year with so many injury issues, you never had a chance to see these guys really play well. Now, speaking of injuries, Oshik wasn't playing last night. We were speculating how was that going to react, and the team played very well. I'm sure he would have helped, certainly, but despite that you were down a big man, look at what they were able to do in the rebounding numbers, the points in the paint with that advantage. There is every reason to be encouraged, certainly encouraged by the three, two and a half to three quarters we did see last night. Speaking of Ashik, yesterday morning, um, it looked like he was, I think these were your words, walking on glass um, <laughs> as, as far as the way he was moving around yesterday morning. Last night after the game, I was encouraged because he was had more freedom of movement. So hopefully, maybe he's a go tonight. We'll see. I don't know yet. Um, let's learn more about the Sacramento Kings. As you mentioned, with regard to their start at 6-4, it's their best start since 04-05. Mike Malone's imprint is now definitely being felt with his team. Um, and this won't be an easy place to play tonight. No, they're going to play 10 of their first 16 games this season on the road. You know they've already had a five-game win streak. We're 10 games into the season. They've already won five in a row. They started out sluggish, then all of a sudden had a nice little streak. We talked last night about the, the Pelicans building momentum, having snapped a long losing skid to San Antonio. They just did the same thing. They lost nine in a row to the Spurs and just beat them 94-91. They have been playing well uh, at home. And here's one interesting note, and we'll talk about more of this tonight uh, when we get under the broadcast. They have yet to allow an opposing player to score 25 points in a game. They've played some good teams already, and they've yet to – Oklahoma City, Memphis, Dallas, San Antonio Spurs, they've yet to allow anybody. Now, we know what Davis is doing with his average, so that's going to be a nice little matchup. You want, you were looking forward to that Aldridge matchup last night with AD. How about the AD-Cousins matchup we're going to see tonight? It's good stuff. Both guys played in the World Cup team. We're going to talk with Grant Napier here in just a moment. He'll, he'll, he'll hit on that as well. But the growth of these two guys because of their Team USA experience, well, this, this smacks – 
the argument of guys shouldn't be playing in the summer right in the face. Yeah, and it's interesting perspective, too, with Monty Williams because he coached with these guys, and he was talking last night about his impressions of, of Lillard and how it's just work ethic, the way he just comes. And it would be interesting to see what he learned from that in the summer and how he can use it tonight now when you got to go up against him to try to get a win. No doubt. With regard to the road trip, um, you lose last night. That was the tone setter, if you will. Um, and we knew this one would be tough tonight. You still have Denver and Utah, both sub-500 teams, coming later in the trip. In your eyes, if you win tonight and split the first two, um, are you pleased then with the start of the road trip? Absolutely, because it, it, you hate to say there's any kind of must-win, but let's just look at this one four-game trip. You lose it tonight, now you're trying to just salvage 500. You had a game in your hands last night in a tough place that you lost. You come back and rebound, as you were mentioning earlier, a growing experience. You grow from that loss. You come back and grab a win tonight. Now you're back to 500 with two to go against two teams that have been struggling. You can still go home 3-1 and one on this road trip, but it's all going to come down to tonight and another tough place and a confident team getting that win. Yeah, played in front of a sold-out crowd last night. Probably the same here in Sacramento tonight. Look forward to working with you again this evening. Uh, should be a lot of fun. 9 o'clock Central. Looking forward to it. Hope everybody will join us. Bring another one. See if the Pelicans can get it done through four quarters. All right, Victor Howell with us on the Black and Blue Report. Coming up next, the television voice of the Sacramento Kings. Grant Napier joins us here in Sacramento as we continue in just a moment. all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana with more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region. Even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. As we continue here from Sacramento, we get the voice, the television voice of the Sacramento Kings, Grant Napier, to join us here on this Tuesday morning as the Pelicans and Kings get set to go at it for the first time tonight at Sleep Train Arena. I'm looking forward to it, Grant. 
These two teams, I think, are on the up uptick here, uh, both in similar ways as well. Yeah, you know, obviously a wet fourth quarter for uh, New Orleans last night. I watched that game, and yeah, it looked like they had complete control with 10 minutes left in the fourth. So, you know, I expect them to bounce back. I mean, I, I think the Kings and the Pelicans are two interesting stories in the West this year. Um, I, I think the Kings maybe more so in this sense. I, I think a lot of people thought that the Pelicans, if they stayed healthy, would be right in the mix this year because of the, you know, growth of uh, obviously Anthony Davis. And then you look around with a healthy Ryan Anderson and the rest of the pieces, you know, there's no question that uh, New Orleans has got a nice nucleus going. And then, of course, you know, the Kings off to their good start at 6-4. and four, And you know, they, they played much, much better than anybody could have expected, especially when you look at the schedule and you look at all their road games. Uh, I don't think anybody could have envisioned Sacramento being 6-4. and four. Maybe the only guy that could have is Michael Malone, whom we all know from his time in New Orleans. Grant, let me ask you this. What's the biggest impact that Mike Malone has had on this franchise here in his now second season? You know, he pretty much um, he, he coaches everyone the same, and he never deviates from his message. Like he doesn't, he, you know, he, from day one he's always talked about, hey, if we don't defend, we're never going to win. And, you know, despite how bad last year was with 28 wins, you know, he never deviated. He never changed his vision he he stuck with and is still uh, uh stuck with you know his principles and what he believes in he's never once deviated uh from his message to this team and i, I you know a lot of times you know when, when things aren't going well coaches will will panic and or go against sometimes what they really what their core beliefs in in terms of success Michael's never done that, and uh, I really applaud him for that. I, I think that's his biggest strength. He he keeps the message the same. He really preaches what he believes in every single day, and he never deviates from that. When you look at numbers that this team has put up right now, uh, Grant, you know the rebounding certainly jumps out, but this is not a great three-point shooting team, at least early on here. Nope. I would say the field goal percentage is fairly average. So how are the Kings beating teams to these first ten? Uh, it's a fabulous question um, because you're right. Their consistent turnover ratio is not good. Uh, they they don't shoot the threes. You know what? They played very well in close games down the stretch, with the exception of the Memphis game the other night. And that game has been protested, and we'll see what happens. But uh, the Kings in the final five minutes have actually played pretty well. Uh, they've also got a couple of breaks. Uh, they played the Clippers without Jamal Crawford. They played Denver twice. You know who obviously struggled. Um, the Kings have won their home games, with the exception of Golden State. You know they're not doing anything great. This the Kings, they're really not. They're just not beating themselves in, in close games. I, I guess that's the best thing I can say. And I know, you know, for the people listening, they're probably going, "Well, gee, that doesn't sound very good." I, I don't have a real good read on the Kings yet. You know, I, I think that sometimes we've got to be careful when you just look at a team's record and go, "Oh, well, gee, they're six and four. I need 20 to 25 games before I can get a real good read on, on a team. I can't sit here uh, and tell you that the Kings are vastly improved from last year just because they're 6-4. and four. I can tell you that I'm surprised by their start. I can tell you that you know Ben McLemore looks a lot better than he did a year ago. Um, you know, DeMarcus is really good. Rudy Gay is really good. They have a new point guard who has fit in very well with Darren Collison, but yeah, I can't sit there and go, well, gee, they're 6-4 and four because of A, B, and C, and they're doing this really well and they're doing that really well. 
I can't say that yet. All I can tell you is it's coming around, and you know at least they look like they're on the right path. That's well said, and and I appreciate the the honest outlook on that. I, I'm with you. You need, I think, you know, at least 15, if not 20, as you're saying, to read really any ball club. But somewhere in that A, B, and C that you mentioned is a guy named Demarcus Cousins and another guy named Rudy Gay. Let's start with Cousins, though, Grant, because I don't want to use the term he's grown up a little bit, but maybe that's fair and honest when you look at what Boogie Cousins has turned into as a player, uh, not only on the floor but off the floor, too. I think the uh, experience that he had this summer playing for Team USA has helped him immeasurably, and and I've I've seen tremendous growth uh, from last year to this year, not necessarily as a basketball player, but more as a person, as a teammate. Um, I see him interacting with his teammates better. Uh, He's not blowing up at his teammates like he did on a a repetitive basis in the past. Uh, He seems to be calmer with his teammates. Uh, we all knew that he was talented. I mean, anybody that's watched DeMarcus Cousins play, talent was never really a question. You know, you never heard people say, well, gee, he needs to get this better, he needs to do this better. I mean, he's really, really talented. His issues have always been uh, the intangibles. You know, can he lead a team? Can he get along with his teammates? Can he listen to a coach? Um, and, and those things have been really, really good. You know, as far as Rudy Gay, you know, Rudy... Um, you know, it's interesting because when people talk about Rudy Gay, they go, well, gee, Memphis got better when he left. Toronto got better when he left. And they look at his price tag, which is, you know, $19.3 million, And people go, well, gee, he's not worth that. And I would say, you're right, he's not a $19 million a year player. I think one of the biggest problems with Rudy Gay has been his contract. I think if you looked at Rudy Gay and he was making $12 million a year, you'd probably go, boy, that, that guy's really good. And I think that sometimes we have a tendency to put a price tag next to a guy's name and think, well, gee, he should be Kevin Durant. Well, he's not Kevin Durant, and he'll never be Kevin Durant, but he's fit in really good with Sacramento. Uh, he's played very well along to Marcus Cousins. And, you know, the reality is if you're defending the Kings, it's really difficult to stop both DeMarcus Cousins and Rudy Gay on the same night because DeMarcus demands a double team. Rudy is really, really good with the ball in terms of what he can do. So that's a really nice one-two punch that the Kings have, and uh, it's worked out really well this year so far. Yeah, so far so good. There's no doubt about that. Interesting, Grant, that you brought up the Team USA experience because we hear so many things about, well, we're, we're having guys play too much. Uh, this, is, uh, this Team USA thing may not be best suited for the NBA guys anymore, but yet you mentioned Cousins' growth. And there's no doubt that Anthony Davis, too, has grown because of his Team USA experience. It seems like there's yeah. still value for some of these guys. Yeah, I, I think the, uh, they're playing too much stuff is nonsense. Um, if, if Anthony Davis was not playing on Team USA, do, do people think he'd be just sitting on his couch all summer watching TV? I mean, uh, I've never bought into that. I mean, you know, playing on Team USA um, with their schedule is not exactly the most strenuous thing in the world based on the people that I've talked to. When they practice, do they practice hard? Yes, but I actually look at it as a benefit. I mean, I, I can't speak to Anthony Davis, but in DeMarcus's case, he came into camp in the best shape that he's been in in his five years in the NBA. Where's the negative in that? I mean, again, guys practice and play a lot of basketball in the summer. What difference does it make whether they're doing it on their own in a gym somewhere or if they're doing it with with a team like uh, organized basketball like Team USA? I mean, I don't really see any negatives unless you're Paul George with the Pacers. And, again, that seldom happens. 
I look at Anthony Davis right now, and I look at the numbers he's putting up, and when I watch him play, I'm in awe. Well, okay, Team USA certainly didn't hurt him. I mean, is there anybody in New Orleans complaining about Anthony Davis because he played in the summer? Heck no. I mean, same thing in Sacramento. Everybody's raving about it. So, you know, we're talking about young athletes in their prime. You know, we're not talking about, you know, guys that are in their 30s playing for Team USA. We're talking about players that are yet to even be in the prime to be actually. We're talking about young, you know, 20 to 25-year-old stud athletes that are playing for a couple weeks in the summer. And people really think that that is going to, you know, deter them when the regular season starts because they're going to be tired. I, I have one word for that, nonsense. <laughs> Good, well put. Hey, Grant, you know, it's interesting. The last couple of years that I've come to Sacramento, it's been somewhat depressing knowing how great it's been in the past here with regard to the NBA, and now things are swinging again. And while it won't be a prominent storyline tonight, it will be out there for me on my broadcast as to what's happening again in Sacramento with the NBA and this, and this basketball team, the Kings. Um, it seems like the fun is back around here, and it will be a difficult place to play, not only for the Pelicans, but anybody else who wants to come into the city. There's no question. I mean, I don't know. I know that, uh, you know, playing last night, you guys got in late, but there's a, there's a huge uh, construction site going on not far from your hotel, and uh, the arena is under construction, and there's a lot of energy here because in the fall of 2016, the Kings are going to move into a brand-new state-of-the-art, and as the owner of the Kings, Dodek Ranadive, puts it, uh, the most iconic arena, not only in the United States but on the planet. And in looking at the plans and a lot of the things that are going to be in that arena, I would concur it, it's going to be unique. Uh, it's brought an unbelievable amount of excitement to this team. I think the fact that the Kings are off to a good start, uh, the fact that you know they have DeMarcus Cousins and now Rudy Gay signed because Rudy just agreed to a three-year extension of his contract, uh, there's a lot of excitement here. And, yeah, I think you'll sense a different tone in the arena tonight uh, than maybe you have the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, it's all good right now. And I can tell you just from – you know, walking around town and whether I go out to eat or whether I'm in the store or, you know, on my own radio show, I would say the excitement level for the Kings right now is as good as it's been in quite a while. And uh, the arrow is definitely pointing upwards here in Sacramento as it relates to their basketball team. Yeah, the Kings are off to their best start since 0405. Grant Napier is with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, Grant, when you and Jerry get the, get going on the broadcast tonight, let me ask you this. What will your storylines be for your viewers tonight as far as the Kings and the Pelicans go? Well, the biggest storyline is Rudy Gay. He's questionable right now with uh, Achilles tendonitis, and this is something that bothered him last year. And, and I'm not sure that the Kings can beat a team as deep as New Orleans without Rudy Gay. So, that, that's going to be, before we even get on the line, that will be our storyline. And I think the second one will be, uh, I don't think the Kings can win this game tonight if DeMarcus Cousins is in foul trouble. And I think that the biggest storyline of this game is going to be Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, even though they, they won't necessarily guard each other every minute of the game. But, you know, I think we're talking about two of the very best young uh, bigs uh, in the league. And to me, uh, I think a lot of people around the country are going to be watching this game tonight to see Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. So, you know, to me, that is the biggest storyline outside of Rudy Gay. And, and I'm really intrigued uh, to watch, you know, Davis play in person 
and I know a lot of people can't wait to watch, you know, DeMarcus Cousins play because both these guys are off to tremendous starts. They both play for the same coach in college, you know, one year after the other. I mean, this is really going to be a fun, fun matchup tonight. No doubt. Great insight as always. We're always better on this show when you're with us, Grant, and I really appreciate your time here on this Tuesday. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to do it anytime. I'm, I'm really looking forward to a, a really good game tonight. And then, of course, you know, we'll uh, do it again back down in uh, the bayou uh, next week. So yeah. it's going to be the Kings and Pelicans twice in a span of weeks. Should be fun. And we're going to do the same thing in the spring. I think we come out here later in the season and we see you guys within a week yeah. uh, at that time, too. So how the how schedule all takes out. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Grant Napier with us here on the Black and Blue Report. It'll be the Pelicans and the Kings tonight at Sleep Train Arena, and we'll have it for you on the radio and television starting at 9 p.m. Central Time. All right, we'll be right back to uh, take care of the rest of today's show in just a moment. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Tuesday, November 25th at 7 p.m. when the Sacramento Kings come to town. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, appearances by Pierre the Pelican, Pelicans dance team members, and a whole bunch more. Tickets start as low as $13. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. This podcast is available to you in a variety of ways. We haven't touched upon it in a while, but uh, we try and make it easy for you. Of course, the Black and Blue Report is available each weekday afternoon uh, at your convenience. We call it No Appointment Radio at NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com. Both of the team apps, which are worth having on your mobile device, and also via a subscription, which is free, through iTunes. You can follow the show on Twitter, at BlackBlueReport, of course, as well. That's where all the news and notes and lineups come to you from our producer and co-host, Daniel Salerson. I'm Sean Kelly out in Sacramento. I want to say thanks real quick before we wrap up today to Grant Napier, the television voice of the Sacramento Kings, Victor Howell of the Pelicans Radio Network, and to you for uh, joining us on this Tuesday. Tomorrow, John DeShazer is your host from Studio B in Metairie. A little football, a little basketball. It is a Wesley Wednesday tomorrow, so David Wesley will talk Pelicans with John tomorrow. We'll also get with Garrett Downey of Baltimore, or excuse me, of Ravens.com and start our talk about Saints and Ravens for this weekend. And then, as always, Daniel Salerson and Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com get us all set with regard to your fantasy football lineup here for this uh, upcoming NFL weekend. Good show today. We'll have a great one for you tomorrow as well. The Pelicans tonight will be looking to take game one in their season series with the Kings, a series which saw the Kings win 3-1 to one last year. So a little bit of a throwback, or excuse me, a little bit of a perhaps a hand it back to the Kings, we hope, starting tonight here on the road. That would even the road trip at 1-1 one and, one and set up perhaps a winning road trip 
when the Pelicans wrap up later in the week at Denver and at Utah. We'll, of course, rejoin you on the Black and Blue Report regarding the road on Thursday morning from Denver, Colorado. And so until then, Sean Kelly saying so long for just a while. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.